Hello and welcome to the latest Clear Cruise podcast this week. Aurora Expeditions' Craig Upshaw sat down with Andy, but first we had a chat with Managing Director of Silversea, Peter Shanks. Enjoy. So delighted to be joined by Peter Shanks. Hi, Peter. How are you? Very well, thank you, Andy. Good, good. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? So I'm Peter Shanks. I've uh, been in the travel industry for 30 plus years. I guess some people would say I'm a veteran. A veteran, and um, luckily for part for a lot a large chunk of that, certainly 15 or 16 years in the cruise sector. So uh, lucky enough to work very closely with Cunard Line as their president and MD during an exciting time of building three wonderful new ships for them. Had a, had a, had a great time there. And now find myself at Silversea, which is another fantastic uh, challenge for me personally, but also for the business at a time when we're growing and building and it, it's exciting times. And throughout, I've always sort of loved travel agents because I also spent about 10 to 15 years of my career with going places and Thomas Cook. So I do understand and love travel <laughs> agents as well as being passionate about cruising. And cruising's changed quite a lot in those years. What do you, is it almost unrecognisable from when you started in the cruise sector? In some ways, I mean, I think you personally and Clear have done a fantastic job in the UK over recent years to to create cruise as a mainstream holiday choice these days. So I suppose as it's grown, it's moved away from being a niche yeah. and, and a bit of a mystery with all the myths that go with it yeah. to being or becoming, fast becoming a mainstream holiday choice, particularly yeah. in the mainstream cruise sector, um, dr- driven by the incredible innovation yes. that... that has really, over the last 10 years, been ahead of innovation you've seen in other travel holiday sectors. Yeah, sure. And it's, and it's innovation, actually, that's not just on board ships, of course. It's also in the destinations that are featured. And Silver Sea are pretty good at new destinations and exploring destinations in different ways. Yes, all, all the research I've seen ever on holiday choice, whether it's a holiday choice or a cruise choice, is all about the destination. Mm-hmm. And Silver Sea, we are all about the destination. We talk about being curious and our guests being curious. So we go to 900 and something destinations, uh, touching a thousand nearly. We go to places I didn't know there were places. (laughs) And that's really how we set ourselves apart. So yes, we are, are, I I guess, described as an ultra luxury cruise line. So we are an all suite um, ship. We do have butlers in every suite. We have Mm -hmm. fine dining. But where we pride ourselves on is the destination, and we do go to those big destinations we all know, such as the Mediterranean, Northern Europe, the Caribbean, Asia, and more so Australia and New Zealand. But both through our, our, our general fleet, but particularly through our expedition ships, we now go to those incredible parts of, of the world that more and more people are thinking about and hearing about and talking about, and we, we can bring them to life by actually going to those destinations. So would you so Silver Sea is much uh, an amalgamation, if you like, of luxury and expedition. Is that something that works well together? Well, we're really about the destination, but but I guess in a typical day on one of our ships, you are exploring, you are being curious. You know, if you're in the Mediterranean, hopefully you're in a port which is smaller than most, and you're you're going to really understand the the real local environment of that Italian or right. Spanish destination. And if you're in Antarctica or Galapagos, you are definitely going to be doing some very interesting and exciting and very active things during the day. But yes, when you return to your ship, you do return to that luxury, that air conditioning, that suite, that butler, that fine dining, that fine wine. Mm. 
and that's a fairly unique mix in the industry. There are lots of adventurous ships, yeah. boats, yeah. but bunk beds, and we're at the other end of that, where we, we give that that mix between luxury and that that's what our guests want, really. Okay. So, and we, we talk a lot of clear recently, certainly this year, about expedition. What what how do, how do we define an expedition cruise or cruise? So there's, there's three what we would call iconic destinations. Uh, they get polarised, which is either the Arctic in the north or right. Antarctica in the south, yeah. which is about ice, polar bears, penguins. Um, we often say it's the closest thing to being on another planet while still being on our right. planet. Yeah. It, it is, they are quite incredible experiences, particularly Antarctica where there's history, there's ice that yeah. it's, 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 it's phenomenal so those are the two the two iconic ice destinations and the other iconic one is Galapagos where we have a ship 52 weeks of the year right. where you immerse yourself into the Galapagos experience which from what I hear because I haven't been yet it, it is all about nature and wildlife mm. and, and the thing about I'm told is because there are no predators in Galapagos the wildlife come and find you they swim with you birds come and sit in your camera People come up, animals come up and nose next to you. It, it, so those are the iconic ones, right. and that's where people start. So for our travel agent partners looking to sell an expedition, you can't go far wrong from Galapagos and Antarctica and Arctic, because that's what people are watching on television, yeah. and that's where you get in. Once you get in, though, then the whole world opens up for the Kimberleys across the top of Australia, the Russian Far East, the Northwest Passage, the Northeast Passage, and, of course, some incredible places in Europe... Mm. around the UK, Scotland, um, Africa. So the whole world then opens up. So you can start start with the iconic because that's the base yeah. and then get really excited about the, 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 the really adventurous and curious stuff. And are these different, are, are the guests that you attract to these kind of itineraries different to regular, if there is such a thing, cruise guests? Well, we yes, they are. Because uh, quite often you will think about going to Galapagos. You won't think about a ship. But when you start to look at it and talk to a travel agent about it, or a travel agent talks to a potential guest about it, mm. you have to really do it on a ship. Yeah. Um, because you are doing lots of landings, but you're living and, and experiencing it from the ship. But no, you don't start by talking about a cruise. Right. You talk about the, 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 the destination. That's what, that's what brings it to life. Even though these, these are great ships and great service and great food that cruise is known for. It, it's about the destination. And in terms of finding those guests, yeah. We just talk about baby boomers, and I'm a baby boomer, so it's people between sort of 55 and 70. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the fastest growing, wealthiest part of the population worldwide. It's the, those are the people that have inherited wealth. Those are the people that are lucky enough to have final salary pension schemes, which are fast disappearing. Right. Um, they're the people who have a lot of disposable income, and there's lots and lots of them. So we often talk about should we be finding younger cruisers, and well, that would be nice, but if you just want to focus, there is such an opportunity amongst baby boomers um, that that's where we suggest travel agents do their hunting. Okay. Uh, going back to Silver Sea specifically, there's lots happening there. So some new ships on the horizon, some new itineraries and things. So yes. What the, so what does the next couple of years look like? So the, this, this year is our 25th anniversary. Uh, Manfredi, Manfredi and his father started the business 25 years ago. Right. And late last year, we, we sold two-thirds of the business to the Royal Caribbean Group. Right. So that's given us a bit more strength, or a lot more strength, both in terms of things we could do to really support our travel agent partners, because we know just how strong yeah. 
yeah. the likes of Celebrity are looking after travel agents. And whilst we pride ourselves on that at Silversea, there are things we can learn and share, sure. so that's good. But um, they've then put their money where their mouth is, and it took just 70 days between their acquisition to announce three further new ships for Silversea. So we've got five new ships coming. Uh, two in 20, and then 21, 22, and 23. So the, the capacity is coming. Um, and, and the other thing we've done is we, we, we hadn't invested enough in Silversea over the past five years. Mm-hmm. We hadn't invested in refurbishment right. and refits of our ships. So we have last year refurbished three of our ships, okay. and there's one left to go, which is Silver Shadow. She'll be done in 2019. And so our fleet will be right up to date and uh, and beautiful and then we're also through something which sounds a bit grand it's called Project Invictus but it's a further 10 million dollar investment on the onboard product okay. so making sure that when people arrive on a Silver Sea ship they are being wowed we are exceeding their right. expectations in terms of the fine dining so we're really really using that investment to share with our guests and presumably the new ships will give you the opportunity to go to places that you may visit occasionally or may never visit currently. Yeah, a bit of both really, because what we, we, we're quite a difficult, difficult business for travel agents to understand because we do go to so many places. There's a phrase we use in the cruise industry called track itineraries, where you might have one ship that does something very similar for a season. Yeah. We don't have much of that because our ships are going to so many places. As we grow, we have the opportunity in the future to have more of a sustained deployment or itinerary choice say for example in the med or northern europe while still having ships that go to the far-flung places so i think we can do a bit more of everything yeah now coming up on march 26 clear has its first ever expedition forum in london uh presumably a great opportunity to talk about all things expedition to a travel agent audience yes because it's it's actually i've been with silversea a year now and i was amazed when i joined at what an expedition is it's an incredible product but I've learned since it's quite hard to find guests and to market it because it's quite specific it's quite small quite niche and so we're working hard in our business and now with with other expedition lines across the cruise forum with clear to try and help support travel agents find the guests market to the guests and and sell to the guests and how to promote so the clear forum is going to be great it's an opportunity to hear from experts to be inspired by people who are well known for those destinations. Mm. It, it's sort of to, to help work with our travel agents. And we're just stealing all your good ideas, Andy, for what you did with <laughs> Cruise initially, then River, and now Expedition. Yeah, Expedition. It, 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 it works, and we're using all those, those tried and tested methods and applying it to the Expedition sector. Uh, you're also chair of the Expedition Working Group, and I guess what's always great from my perspective is the ability for cruise lines to work together. Yeah, it's it's it's, uni- it's unique in the industry really, and I've I've worked with you and Clear for for a number yes. of years now, and it it absolutely works. If you look at the cruise industry as a whole, all the myths about cruise still exist, mm-hmm. and we should never forget that. And we all know what those myths are, and they're just no longer true. Right. But we have to work together as an industry to get that message across to our travel agent partners, who I now feel do understand that, yeah. and more and more to our consumer audience to to, to understand that. And by working together, whether it's the mainstream cruise lines, the river lines, or now Expedition, if we come together, it's much more powerful. So we're all talking about how it works as a sector, and then we can all talk about our own strengths and and products. It's it's about time, and we're very very pleased. And 
finally, you've travelled a lot you've, with the, the different cruise lines and businesses you've worked with. Is there an experience or destination that stands out in all of that travel? Um, the arrival into New York on the Queen Mary 2 is something every cruiser should experience once. And, and I had some very special experiences of doing that. That's what I have probably enjoyed most of my cruising life. But I'm looking forward to getting in a Zodiac in Antarctica because that might just top it. <laughs> Peter, thank you for your time. You're welcome. I'm delighted to say I've been joined by Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Andy. How are you? Very well, thank you. Why don't you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Thanks, Andy. <laughs> I am Craig Upshaw, Sales Director for Europe for Aurora Expeditions. Yeah. And previously, because you've been in the industry I've, a while. I've been around a while, uh, <laughs> decades, I think we yes. can say now. Yeah, so previously... Six years of Rocky Mountaineer, before that I was uh, tour operating and then I was with uh, Island Cruises back in the day and then before that with Royal Caribbean and Celebrity when I started my love and passion for all things water. <laughs> so Aurora is obviously very different to those other brands that you talked about and, and again for the purpose of people who haven't heard of Aurora, why don't you tell us a bit about the company? Yeah, so Aurora Expeditions are uh, expedition cruise company. Uh, small ship, small group, uh, we've been around for 27 years, oh, wow. headquartered in Sydney, Australia, and are specialists in polar cruising. So we very much focus on the Arctic and Antarctic and have done for the last 27 years. And starting to venture into new climbs, uh, we just launched our new 2020-21 programme, which now includes uh, Chile and Patagonia. Also includes a voyage through uh, Costa Rica and the Panama Canal. Wow. To Panama, we've reintroduced Scotland. So we have a wild Scotland itinerary in uh, June of 2021. So we're kind of expanding our, our offering for our guests um, we are going into East and West Greenland, we're circumnavigating Iceland Gosh. before we head up into the kind of proper Arctic. Um, so interesting destinations. Yeah, good, good variety. Uh, we've got a new ship launching in October, so we're very excited about that. Um, uh, new innovation, uh, obviously very environmentally sensitive um and just takes 120 guests to the polar region so still very small and are all ships that size well that will be our only ship so okay. yes sorry <laughs> but we are launching a second ship which we've kind of announced or almost announced okay. but we we can talk about it uh so that should be available in uh november 21 okay and it'll be similar so to greg mortimer Yes, correct. Yeah. So in terms of the guest experience, uh, because I think still travelling to certainly polar regions is something uh, a lot of us aren't familiar with. So what is that kind of day-to-day -day experience like? So we aim uh, to get our guests off the ship twice a day uh, on Zodiacs, um, either doing landings or Zodiac cruising. Uh, we are all about the destination. So our ship is the vehicle to get people to the destination. It's very comfortable. Um, but day-to-day -day life on board is, you know, a morning you get up, have breakfast, um, you get off the ship, we'll take you on landings um, or cruising, depending on what people are doing. Mm. We've also got uh, 
guests who will do a range of activities we offer, such as kayaking or diving, um, polar snorkeling. So depending on where we are in the world, uh, we've got a whole range of different activities. Polar snorkeling. Polar amazing. snorkeling. What's that? Uh, well, it's as it sounds. Snorkeling, snorkeling in, <laughs> in polar waters. Okay. Uh, we give you a dry a dry suit and a snorkel, and gotcha. yeah, we take you off and, and snorkel around some. Uh, more of the calmer areas and yeah. inland waters, yeah. uh, but a really great experience. Um, and then we get everybody back on the ship for lunch um, and then get them off again after lunch. They may have an hour rest and then off after lunch again for their second uh, trip of the day. And uh, then they're back on again for dinner. So, you know, the purpose of our um, expeditions is, is about time off the ship and as much time in the destination as we can give you. And being small, that enables us to get everybody off the ship at the same time, which is a really important part of especially the Antarctic experience. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it sounds a bit more like an active holiday perhaps than others. Yeah, um, we, we, our demographic is active and fit. Right. Uh, but, you know, still our age group is uh, 55 plus. Right. Um, we just need, you know, to know that people can get in and out of a Zodiac. Cause right. It, even at my tender age of... Something forty something, um, it, you know. It's difficult. You know, you're landing on beaches or you're yeah. landing on ice, so you've got to be able to swing yourself across uh, the front of a zodiac and get off into water and walk because there aren't any. You know, and this is another, uh, I think, misconception. You know, you're getting off, you're walking up a hill or a mountain, right. but there's not a there's not a guardrail or there's not steps. Yeah. You know, you're walking on the tundra, you're walking on a mountain, and that's it. So you have to have some stability around you. And, and presumably a lot of it is around the wildlife and the scenery and that kind of part of a holiday experience. Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, wildlife is a massive pool. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, we're polar specialists, so polar bears and penguins uh, are really what people want to see. Um, but there is a, a whole lot more... You know, we get a lot of birders um, up in the Arctic and down in Antarctica. People want to go and see, um, you know, the albatross in South Georgia. They want to yeah. see the different types of penguins across Antarctica and South Georgia. Um, but, you know, the history as well, you know, especially yeah. um, Antarctica with all right. of the expeditions that have happened in the past. Um, we include Shackleton's Crossing as part of one of our experiences. Um, so people oh, can right. do you know, a two-day overnight crossing, or they can just do the last part, which is two or three hours hike uh, down to the final, uh, I say, resting place, but where, where he, he, was, he found civilization, okay. um, yeah, with the whaling station. And, uh, and then on board, presumably, there are some crew there who will bring these destinations to life. You're right, yeah. How did, you. how did you know, Andy? <laughs> we have uh, up to 18 expedition um, team members on board, um, and they're all experts in different fields. So there could be historians, archaeologists, there'll be a penguin expert or a, right. a polar bear thesis written um, writer. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and they do, we have a lecture program on board, but yeah, they're experts in the fields. They're your Zodiac drivers. They're going to dine with you at, at all your meal times. They'll sit in a bar and have a drink with you. So it's that full engagement um, of our team, which really brings the whole life um, or the whole experience to life. Uh, well, I guess they're and they're there to ask questions, and they're normal people, yes, and they're quite exactly. fun. And there's a lot, a lot of them are, are Aussies as well from right. from our heritage, so um, they're they're quite interesting um, um, characters. Yeah, and I think what I found, I, I've only done one expedition cruise as such, and uh, what I found was nice was that when you got back on the ship, having been out on the Zodiac, is that 
all the guests wanted to talk about what they saw and what they did and and that's a great great thing from being a small ship as well yeah you know our guests make uh, the trips as well um we're a very sociable product um you know we have a a dining room a communal dining room where we encourage our guests to share tables um so that they share and share their experiences with different people every night you know before dinner everybody goes in the bar we have a little debrief from our expedition leader um at the end of the day they'll be up at the bar having a drink and then it's kind of the call to dinner and it is everybody sharing pictures i mean i did my arctic cruise uh, last summer um my camera wasn't very good so i'd go to the bar sit there and see and you just people go oh did you see the picture of the polar bear or the walrus i was like no oh well, i'll airdrop it to you and i was like oh what does that mean <laughs> suddenly i learned how to airdrop i know for the youngsters out there it's pretty easy um thankfully my son was with me so he showed me how to do it and i've got amazing pictures from these guests yeah. who'd taken these long lenses with yeah. them and then downloaded them onto their ipads and yeah, brilliant. Such a such a fun time. And have you noticed particular interest from the UK market in specific destinations you offer? Yeah, so the UK for Aurora um, really is encompassed by Antarctica at the moment. Okay. Um, I think we've got some work to do on the Arctic, but I yeah. think that's natural for UK. You know, Antarctica's yeah. a long way. Yeah. Arctic's closer to home. Uh, we, you know, we're adding new itineraries as I mentioned. Uh, next year so when the new ship's up in the Arctic from middle of May you know we've got Greenland and Iceland and um, and then 21 we'll have Scotland back in our itineraries as well Um, so yeah and it's customer feedback as well yeah yeah and from your Arctic experience is there something that stood out or that you didn't expect or, or what was your long lasting memory of your Arctic trip isolation really is it uh, it's just amazing. You can go to places in the world and you don't see anybody, apart from obviously we, you know it's fifty four passengers on my right. ship. Um, we saw one ship okay. uh, in my fourteen day voyage. Really? Um, we didn't come across any other people, and it's just amazing. And and your isolation from technology because you know you can connect to Wi Fi costs your fortune, mm. currently. Um, <laughs> so we didn't, and it was a real kind of digital detox for both me uh, and and the guests on the ship because you sit and actually talk to people and there were people sitting there reading a book wow or with kindles reading a book and i go up and sit in a bar and have a have a beer and and they put the book down and talk to you which you you know everybody's so into technology these days don't get and you know so that experience and then i think just from the wildlife seeing a polar bear in the water in its natural environment it's just yeah mind-blowing good note to end on yeah. Uh, thanks ever so much, Craig. Pleasure. Thank you. That's all from us this week. Thank you to Peter, Craig and Andy for taking part. Don't forget to join the conversation online by using the hashtag ClearPod. That's C-L-I-A-P-O-D. And we'll see you next time. Until next time, I've been Toby Cruz. Happy cruising.